I don't know about you, but fitness for me is all about balance. That balance between pushing yourself and allowing yourself to recover properly. The balance between strength and mobility. The balance between making the time to look after your fitness and having the time you need to do everything else in your life as well. It's also about being able to balance the types of exercise that you're doing so that you achieve a well-rounded routine that's going to be the most beneficial to you. And I have to admit that this is something that I need to get a little bit better at myself. I am brilliant at the strength work maybe not so much when it comes to including practices like yoga. So this week for you, and if I'm honest for my own selfish purposes as well, I've invited yoga expert Yolantha, aka Bendy Life Yoga, onto the show to talk to us all about the wonderful world of yoga and how it can be so hugely beneficial in building strength, in creating a deeper level of self-acceptance, and in helping us to navigate the peri to postmenopause years too. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness, a space where we celebrate you exactly as you are right now, while also looking at realistic and achievable ways that you can increase your fitness, improve your nutrition, and bring more wellness into your busy schedule. We tackle a whole range of subjects from diet culture and healthy weight loss, right through to how to stay motivated, reduce stress, balance fitness and life, and ways to get the most out of your fitness routine. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. Perfect if you're a busy woman who sometimes struggles to find time for yourself and who would love to develop a positive mindset and a consistent fitness and wellness routine. I'm Alex, your host, women's fitness and wellness coach, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, lover of chocolate, wine and exercise and believer that we can all find balance in our busy lives. Hello there and welcome back to the podcast and this week I'm introducing a brilliant guest to you. Yes, this is my first guest episode for ages and I know you're going to love it because today's guest has a wealth of experience and knowledge to share with you and today I'm particularly going to be talking to Yolanta about the wonderful world of yoga and how it can help us to build strength, which you know I am obsessed with, right? To build self-acceptance and to also help us through that menopause transition as well. She is an experienced yoga teacher with a background in teaching fitness classes too, and she offers online yoga classes for busy women through Bendy Life Yoga. So welcome to the podcast, Yolanta. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Real pleasure. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm very excited. It's been a little <laughs> while since I spoke on a podcast, so is it okay? Yeah, cool. Excited. <laughs> so, uh, first for ages for both of us, then first guest for me for ages, and first time on for you for ages. Now, right, so we're going to get straight into this today. So, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to come clean here, and I know that yoga is mega beneficial for me. I know that particularly as a perimenopause woman, and it would be something that would probably be a good idea for me to do a little bit more of, but it does tend to fall by the wayside a little bit because I love my weights and I love a bit of cardio and all that kind of stuff. Um, so how, like for somebody like me, who is, who does enjoy their fitness, who is concerned with their wellness, who wants to make sure that they, they have like this really good, well-rounded practice and, and workout routine, but maybe doesn't manage a particularly consistent yoga practice. What what would you say to me? Why should it become a real non-negotiable in my life? Well, the first thing to ask yourself is um, the type. What do you want to get out of it? Because if you're already into strength, weight training and cardio and stuff, do you want to do yoga for relaxation or flexibility? Or do you want to work on strength as well? So 
I'm saying that because my the type of yoga I focus on is actually really strength building. And maybe a lot of people, yeah, my point is a lot of people might think, oh, yoga is not that important because it's just stretching. <laughs> you know, I'd rather do my weight session because it's going to be more beneficial for my body. Um, but it's basically like a weight training session because you're lifting, you're doing stuff with your body weight all the time and you are focusing on your core muscles. So that's one thing I want to say. It's the mindset of how do you view yoga? If you view it as like a non-essential, it's a stretch, but like, <laughs> um, so that's one thing, actually realizing that you can get so much more out of it. Um, you know, if you want to balance out your strength training like if you're working on your legs, you might get slightly tight at the same time. So you get strong, but a little bit tight. So with the yoga, you can balance that out. You can lengthen the muscles in in a strengthening way. So so anyway, so that's the point. I'm thinking about the more benefits that yoga can give you. So it's more than flexibility. It can give you amazing core strength. It can build your shoulder strength, your back. If you have a lower back pain, it can really help with that. It can balance out your posture from when you're sitting at a desk all day. So, you know, the hip flexors, the front of the thighs, front of the hips, when we're sitting on a desk chair, those get really tight. So it's recognizing that it is important because you can rebalance the body after a day of driving or sitting after your behind your deck. So I guess that's the first thing is the motivation why. So understanding why a bit more, that it's more than just a stretch. And then the how, you know, because everyone's so busy, a couple of myths I always like to be busting is that yoga doesn't have to be like a half hour or an hour session. You can literally do a few sun salutations, which will take you 10 minutes so if you want to get a regular practice, you could say, I'll do a little 10 minute session before lunch every day. If you work from home, for example, you could like just before you have your lunch, roll out your mat and do 10 minutes and that's it. And that in itself is beneficial. And that's how you can start a habit. And very slowly, once you start seeing the benefits, you will want to make that a little bit longer. But it doesn't have to start off with being this big, scary one hour session that you'll never have time for. Yeah. And I think that's really important because so I've tried a few yoga classes locally and I, I just it always confuses me that they are always like an hour long. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't even want to do an hour of weights or cardio. Like I don't <laughs> want to do an hour of yoga either. Like I want it to be short and sweet, right? I want to be able to do 20 minutes, half an hour. You know, it's one of the reasons a lot of the the videos that I do for, for my members are 20 to 30 minutes because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have the time or, or you know, yeah. have the inclination actually to spend hours and hours doing it. So I think that's, you know, that's a big thing. And I think that particularly with yoga, we're so used to going to a class that takes an hour and then you've got a 10 minute drive there, 10 minute drive back. And it can, yes. feel, it can feel a bit off. And it's, to be honest with you, it's one of the things that's always put me off before um, is that kind of like, oh God, I don't really want to have to spend an hour and a half doing this time. thing. Um, taking that Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. That's why, I mean, I would never in a million years be able to attend an in-person class right now with, um, we've got a little toddler. Time is like so precious, you know, and to be able to leave the house. Yeah, like you said, that hour and a half trip. Um, 
yeah, for me and for many women in my position, your position, um, that's just a no-go. Yeah. Um, but I, I understand why in-person instructors do that mm-hmm. because you've got the hole to pay for, you know, yeah. you want to like charge a good amount of money for this class or you're not going to like make a profit out of this class. So I, mean, I, I do get it, but that's why I've, I love the online space so much. You know, what you do, what I do, that we can make those 20 minute, 15 minute, like I have some 10 minute classes, mm-hmm. um, like a yoga snack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's, yep. that's, yep. It. Yep. Like, it doesn't have to be that like big, long workout to actually make a difference and to matter like a couple yeah. of that actually be a really good way of, of getting into it. Yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. There is this concept. Um, so I, I used to work at the University of Bath as a researcher. Um, in the kind of sports science department. And a couple of my colleagues were looking at the concept of exercise snacking. Yeah. Um, and they call it that. And they were doing research on it, other benefits to muscle strength. Their research was mostly based on older adults. So they would get older adults um, to do like three times 10 reps of sit to stand from a chair, for example, um, at home, just like, you know, don't, don't even break wet, but just a little exercise snack. And they did find that that was significantly beneficial. Yeah. Um, so in the same token, I think doing like a 10 or 15 minute practice, whether it's weight training or yoga or whatever, even like a 10 minute walk, if you do that every day, yeah. um, that's way more beneficial, I think, than doing once a week a big session. Yeah. 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 That's just it, isn't it? And I think that we, you know, I, this is something I talk, talk to women about an awful lot is that one of the things that puts them off any kind of exercise like yoga, strength training, you know, anything is that this idea that, oh, well, to get a result for it to be worthwhile, I've got to be working for, you know, I've got to go to the gym four times a week, got to be there for an hour at a time. And of course, when we look at it like that, it feels really impossible sometimes to do that. And yeah, we may eventually get there, but if you haven't been doing anything for a while, or if you are really time strapped, then it's knowing that actually you can break it right down. And even 10 minutes a day is a great way to start. Even 10 minutes a few times a week is a great way to start. At least you are starting to build the habit. Absolutely. Yeah. It comes down to the... um their concept of atomic habits. There's a yes. good book, yeah, I think, uh, where literally the first step is even if every day you would roll out your mat and you would sit on it and like do some cat cows, you know, like, you know, when you're on your hands and your knees and mm-hmm. you arch your back and you round your back, it's a nice way to round and flex the spine. Yes. You literally do that and then roll up your mat, put it away. Yeah. <laughs> I think if yeah. you did that three times a week, it would establish a habit and then slowly from there you could grow it and I think yeah yeah rather than having this idea of perfection when you first start yeah isn't it and that and that is something that puts a lot of people off yoga I think sometimes you know people will actually say oh I'm not flexible enough for yoga and I'm like um (laughs) oh it's such a shame oh yeah that's one thing I always want to bash my head so the couple of things I hear that just get me are I'm not flexible enough for yoga and I'm like uh which is the chicken which is the egg Uh, (laughs) and then also like I'm not patient enough for yoga so so apart from the physical benefits like obviously you get a bit more flexible which is not actually the point and not actually the best thing about yoga you get stronger flexible you feel toned you feel happy in your body but mentally it actually builds um patience 
Mm-hmm. It really does. Like the way if you slow down, you breathe, and you have that mindfulness of being aware of all the sensations in your body, which will allow all the all the little extraneous, you know, thoughts or the monkeys and the brain to mm-hmm. quiet for ten minutes. That eventually builds more patience and more resilient, more emotional resilience. And so when people say, I'm not patient enough for yoga, I'm like, if you're not patient, you probably need yoga that to like help you deal with that impatience that you have. It's like that's there's a saying about um, meditation, I think, where um, I don't know where it is, like an old pro- you know, meditation proverb, but it's something like um, meditate for 10 minutes every day unless you don't have time, in which case do an hour. Uh, you know, yeah. it's basically saying that, you know, if you're saying I don't have time to meditate, then actually you need it even more. Like it's more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah. That, that's going to build, you know, once you can create that patience, it, it actually builds focus. It builds productivity. It means that everything else you do in your mm. life more, um, takes less time, I suppose, at the end of the day, get more done. Definitely. I, I do think it improves so much more in life than just physical flexibility and strength. Um, So the patience is one side. And I notice I try to have a daily practice. Generally, it's about four times a week because with our two-year-old, it's getting progressively more difficult. (laughs) Uh, But it makes me a nicer person. Yeah. You know, I've spent that. It's all about the mindfulness. So I I focus on my body and all the sensations, on the feeling of my breath, on the feeling of my muscles working hard and and that mindfulness of being truly present in your body and allowing that that loudness of the world to go away for a bit makes me a, such a nicer, calmer, more loving person, more productive, more mm. focused. Yeah, so so that's kind of to what your point that you were just saying. And it's actually it's actually quite a nice way to get into more mindfulness as well if that's something that you want to do because I think that you know it's, a meditation and just sitting still can feel incredibly mm. hard used to being on the go all the time but you know certainly when I've done yoga before I've tended to do more of the, the style that you teach the kind of ashtanga style yoga and you know when you're doing that you can't actually think about much else because you're exactly. so focused on like where am I where's my body how's my body moving and so not only does it introduce you to mindfulness because you're focusing on just one thing but it actually tunes you into your body because I think that we can, you know, with exercise, we can tend to just be like, oh, I'll chuck the music on, I'll blast the music and I'll be thinking about something completely different. And we're not actually tuning into our body and what it's doing and how it's feeling. And I think sometimes that, you know, that kind of yoga, it's like kind of lifting heavy weights. Like when you're lifting heavy weights, you can't really think about much else. So it's a great way of, of creating that mindfulness, but it's also a great way of actually connecting you into your body and and what what your body is feeling. Absolutely. So yoga is a moving, moving meditation. Um, There's a lot of people that have said to me, I can't sit down and um, sit down and calm your mind. That that saying puts so many people off because like, I can't Mm -hmm. sit down and calm my mind. It's just not going to happen. So, and I'm the same, just like you, I've always been attracted to the very flowing, dynamic forms of yoga. And, And like you said, you're so consumed, your mind is so focused on everything you're doing. And then once the actual movements become a bit easier, 
because it's normal as a beginner, you're always going to be like, whoa, where's my hand? Where's my leg? My goodness, what's next? Oh, it's very normal for beginners to be more concerned with doing the movements. But once you get into it and you are no longer worried about what does that pose actually look like, you do focus all your attention on the sensations that you feel, the sensations of your breath coming in and out, sensations of your thighs, working hard when you're in that warrior too. So yeah, all of that is mindfulness and it's, it is meditation, yet you're exercising at the same time. So for me, that's just a perfect combination, really. Yeah, double duty. And I think that leads quite nicely onto the next thing that I wanted to talk about, because one of the things that um, really interests me about your work is the, this idea of using yoga as a tool towards self-acceptance. Before mm. we dive into that a little bit more, though, what what does self-acceptance actually mean and why is it so important that we, we do work towards this a bit more? Oh, well, that's a... Uh... That's the self-acceptance. <laughs> what question. does it mean? That, well, I'm not sure like, well, what as is, a yoga teacher, I'm qualified to answer that. But uh, I I personally think it just means uh, loving yourself unconditionally. It doesn't necessarily mean accepting everything. I mean, personally, I think, you know, it's good to strive to be healthy and strong, mm-hmm. um, to think that, you know, I want to be as healthy as I can so I can live as long as possible, a good quality of life but it is yeah loving yourself unconditionally and being being self-compassionate as well because we're all human beings and we all make mistakes and so kind of if we feel like we've done something not so great being compassionate and saying yeah it is tough but that's okay you you know we're going to try again so I think that's part of self-acceptance yeah but if I can say think a bit more specifically about yogic philosophy. Mm -hmm. So there's one aspect in yogic philosophy that really helps me. And I I, I always talk talk about about it to my students and online people. And people can take it in their own interpretation. It's not gospel. It's not science. It's philosophy. But the yogis think that that, that living beings are made up of layers. So the kushas. And you have like your body layer, so your physical body. And I'm not entirely sure about the order of these, but, and then it's your thoughts. You have a thinking, your thoughts are another layer. You're like an onion. You got the body, you got thoughts, you got your emotional layer. You have your wisdom layer, I think. I think there's five. And on the inside, there's your true inner self. They call that the purusha. And that's the kind of light like, you know, it's kind of connected with the universe and all of that stuff, if if anyone thinks yeah. about it. But you don't have to think like that. Just this inner essence of what you are, which is timeless. It's, you can get affected by anything. So what I like to visualize, and this can purely just be visualization. It could just be a, a nice idea. When I'm lying in my relaxation after my practice is this inner essence and the fact that my body is is great, we, but it's not. My body doesn't define me. Yeah. What what is me is that inner essence. Mm. And so, if there's anything wrong with my body, that's okay. It doesn't define me. Mm. And I think for anyone who has maybe chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, or or something that makes it really difficult in their body at the moment, 
it, they visualizing this, visualizing this inner essence, they can realize that they have this bright glowing. I always try to tell people, imagine this gr- bright golden light in your chest or in your head. Mm-hmm. And they can try to detach a little bit from the body that it doesn't define them. And then go into the other layers. Thoughts, even if you have stressful thoughts, you know, whatever thoughts you're going through your mind, you can just visualize them and accept them, but say, look, my thoughts don't define my inner self. And the same thing with the emotions. If you feel angry or sad or something, you can just visualize those and say, these thoughts are present, emotions, but they don't define my inner self. And I think that's really helpful for self-acceptance. You're kind of accepting all the imperfections of all these layers of yourself, mm. but realizing that they don't define who you are on the inside. Well, so yeah, that's kind of how some of the yogic tradition yeah. could help with that process of self-acceptance. Yeah, and it is it's a tricky concept, I think, because I think sometimes when we talk about it, somebody, you know, might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, how, how do I, I don't love myself as I am. I'm not very happy with the way that I look or my weight or, you know, whatever it might be. And so to sort of talk to somebody about unconditional self-love can seem like mm. a, quite a big leap yeah. to go from where Definitely. they might be right now to where they yeah. need, they, they yeah. want to be. Yeah. So how how can yoga sort of gradually start to move you along that path? Because I think it's, you know, we have to accept that it, it, it is an ongoing process, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree. Some I don't, the self-love principle, like I say it sometimes, but it does, it's a bit of an odd phrase, Um, like love yourself. It sounds like very, yeah, like almost very narcissistic as well, yeah. isn't it? Like I don't want to be like, Oh, I love myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time, yeah, if you do have fitness goals and body weight goals, yeah, I understand completely. The yoga practice in the long run actually aims to help us to detach from our expectations. Um, so actually, the longer you do it, almost the less, yeah, you, you, you don't, you appreciate what's happening in the moment, mm-hmm. but you stop reaching, um, how, do, how do I say it? <laughs> Stop being so attached to the idea right, yeah. of bo- yeah. body shape. You know, actually it starts to realize that the shape of the body isn't that important. You know, as long as you feel mobile and strong, it's more in the function. If you feel, you know, and even that, that will go eventually. So the yogic and Buddhist type of mindset is actually, you know, we will age eventually. We will maybe the body size changes, our mobility will eventually change. And the trick is to try eventually to detach from mm-hmm. the importance of all of that. Yeah. And actually the focus more on on the inner self. Mm-hmm. Um and so I mean, but that's that's like a long, it's like a lifetime journey. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, you know, it's a journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of a lot of it is to do with perception as well, because we can, I don't know, like we can go out one day feeling great in ourselves and then we see a photo that we don't particularly like and all of a sudden, you know, it's taken at a bad angle or, you know, whatever. And we see that photo and all of a sudden we feel rubbish about ourselves and it's nothing has changed. Like nothing has changed about us, about, yeah. how, about who we are or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's literally perception. And I was having, um, interestingly, having a conversation with a client this morning 
who was talking about how she had she'd gone out and bought herself quite a few new clothes recently and she she said to me she said you know I always had this this idea that you know for my size for example I might have to you know just wear these horrible floral dresses which are just not me I don't want to wear them and then I've gone onto Instagram and found all of these great accounts of women who actually look like me and I've bought some of the clothes that they've suggested and stuff and I felt great like I felt really really good in myself and it's amazing how just one little tweak like not again nothing had changed within her you know yeah she was or anything like that but it was just that one little tweak had like completely changed her perception of how how she felt about herself and you know that that for me is a lot of what exercise is all about it's like almost you know the problem with exercise is that it, it has been colonized as this thing that we do to look better to get yes. more owned and and there's nothing yes. wrong with those things but i think it's become just about that whereas Definitely, actually yeah to actually, well, what can my body do? How can I improve? Yeah. How can I go from where I am right now to being stronger or being able to yeah. get into that position more easily, etc. Yeah. Et yeah. And, yeah. What- and I don't even, yeah. And in a yogic frame of mind, it's actually not even about achievement. Yeah. So, but it, yeah, like you said, your mobility and your, how you feel in your body, you know, if you feel like you can move comfortably, that's more important and you feel like you have the strength in your life to lift your toddler or lift your suitcase up, you know, to do all those functional things, to be able to spend the day behind your desk and not have massive back pain. Those it, are the important outcomes, um, not even achieving a ridiculous headstand or, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like there are more important goals Um for life, for function, than how you look, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Also, and that's that's one of my bugbears on them. Yeah, it's really difficult. So I I'm trying to get more into Instagram and marketing myself, but like I don't want to perpetuate that that myth, you know, or that I want that that thought of you have to do yoga or exercise to be thin or this or the other. It's all about how you look and look at these amazing outfits I'm wearing. Wow. <laughs> I just don't want to be perpetuating that. Yeah, so it's difficult. Yeah, it's, I always think of it as like an 80-20 thing for me. Like 80% of the reason I work out is so that I feel good in my body, so that my body moves well, so that I have mobility, so that I have my health, so that I look after my heart, you know, so that I age well, Mm. all of those kind of things, 80%. And then maybe 20% of it is aesthetics (laughs) because, you know, we're allowed allowed to think about that a little bit as well. But it's, it's, I think a lot of the time it's the other way around. It's like 80% is aesthetics. And of course, then we give up because it's all about how we look. Um, Yeah. It's not, you know, does not particularly keep us going for that long. So yeah, it's, Mm. Again, yeah. Well, yeah, it's okay to to have that as part of it, but maybe make yeah. that smaller yeah. part. Yeah. And I think the aesthetics come as a byproduct anyway, yeah. because a health a healthy person with a, a healthy level of body fat, which is not too little, and also not too much, healthy, uh, who is strong, who is fit mm-hmm. enough, not not like athlete level, you know, like anyone who's just generally healthy and fit is going to be attractive. I think yeah. that just happens yeah and you don't even have to thought you don't even have to focus on that that bit yeah um, yeah yeah that's just it isn't so, it it's yeah. when, you can, when you can put most of that focus on on that you know not and and ultimately you are more likely to keep doing it if you have like yes 
solid, like deep reasons for doing this thing rather than just, mm. oh, I want to look good. Like if you have have those yeah. inner reasons, it's going to keep you going. If you keep going, then you are going to get those side benefits as well. And you are, like you say, you're going to be attractive because you're healthy and you're fit and you're strong and you're looking after yourself and, you know, all of those yeah. things. Whereas I think when we come at it just from aesthetics, it's really easy to kind of do it for a few weeks and then not do anything and then do it for a few weeks and then not do anything. And Yeah. And then you never actually get the benefit of the consistency and you never see yeah. the full potential of yeah. what it could do for you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's a, it is a hard one because, you know, we've become so conditioned to to yeah. just the aesthetic side of things that yeah. it's very hard for us to, to kind of flip our thinking. But I think it's... Um, yeah. And you know how I was saying, like, the in the long game, if you do yoga for years and years and years and years, and you really focus on that, connecting with your inner true self, you do really start to care less about that aesthetic element. And, and actually, it's it's almost worked against me because <laughs> when I first started yoga, I was like, oh, look at these cool poses I'm doing. Oh, and I was really good at Instagram. I would be taking pictures and yeah. like I got a really big following. And the more I've done yoga, the less motivated. I'm like, I don't want to take a picture. I'm yeah. just doing this for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying my yoga practice. I'm like, you know, doing this for my my, my inner self. So mm. yeah, that's funny. I really notice a change and I almost mm. look back at the oldest pictures and I cringe a little bit like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was just showing off with this ridiculous pose. Um, I would just feel much less comfortable doing that now. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's, you know, it's all gross, isn't it? We've all been there <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 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 We all change. But can, can we talk a tiny bit about menopause? Maybe oh, you're about yeah, women yeah. approaching menopause. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have been looking a lot about science into, you know, what yoga does because it's there's a growing field of science on the benefits of yoga. And as I mentioned, my background is in sports science research. So I'm always trying to like look on Google Scholar yeah. and find all these studies. And there have been some studies on particularly Ashtanga. And I just define Ashtanga because yoga is this massive umbrella term. And if anyone's not familiar with it, um, yoga is, there's so many different types. So there's literally yoga nidra, which is great, but you literally lie on the floor and listen to a lovely story and that's it. And yeah. then there's anything from lying on the floor under a blanket to anything in between and to Ashtanga, which is a lot of push-ups and low push-ups, like plank, low plank, up dog, down dog. And you're constantly working your core strength, your shoulders, your back, you know, you get a proper sweat on. So that's that's what I like. Um, at the end of such an intense sweaty session, you then also lie down for a few minutes to properly relax. Mm -hmm. um, and most people fall asleep then because they're so exhausted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so there has been research on this style of yoga mm. and some recent studies coming out show that in women, in, in I think there are menopausal or postmenopausal women, I actually, um, let's say age, I just, I printed out a few studies, <laughs> age 35 to 50, yeah. uh, they doing eight months of two Ashtanga sessions a week, increased bone density over, uh, over eight months. Mm -hmm. And that was compared with a control group who did nothing. And this time period was actually over winter. 
And very normally throughout the year, your bone density goes up and down a little bit. And in this group, they always expect to see bone density to go down over the winter months because I think naturally we all do much less movement in winter and bones need to be constantly stressed to maintain strong. So for the Ashtanga group, bone strength in these women actually went up and in the control group, bone strength went down. Yeah. And that was eventually between the two, a significant difference. And that's with just two yoga sessions a week. I feel that that's pretty cool. And the same study also found health benefits such as reduced blood pressure, reduced resting heart rate. And so, yeah, specifically for reduced feelings of anxiety and depression. Um, and there has been other research or a different group of people showing that several types of yoga can also improve sleep quality. So all these things, I think, are really important for uh, perimenopausal, postmenopausal women. You probably have talked about this a lot. So yeah, I just wanted to like put that in there. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know that as well, there are lots of studies that show that yoga can be really helpful with hot flushes as well. And that it, it, oh. it can help reduce the incidence of hot flushes. Nice. Peri, peri to postmenopausal women. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of great studies, but like you say, if, yeah. if you're reducing your blood pressure, if your resting heart rate's coming down, if yeah. you're feeling less anxious, your likelihood of having a, a hot flush is also going to be reduced as well. So Yeah, it's all related, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And it's those things that also are improving sleep. Yeah. So. yeah. And I think it's, you know, often that age, you know, your 40s can be like peak busy um, and yeah. it can be really tough to do stuff for yourself at that point in life. But the benefits so far yeah. outweigh maybe the hour, hour and a half that you might take out of your week. In t- you know, because... We only need an hour and a half, right, to do a few short sessions a in, week. In like little 15-minute chunks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And taking that yeah. time out of your week is is so beneficial for so many reasons. And, that, you know, I am definitely, yeah. um, you know, on that bandwagon of getting women to do as much strength training as possible because I think it is so beneficial yeah. in all its forms. Strength for for all of it, for, for muscle yeah. mass, which is so important as we age, we need to keep muscle mass. It's like the longevity thing, isn't it? And that was bone well, density. aesthetics yeah. we were talking about before. You know, aesthetics, yeah. Muscle, muscle. <laughs> See that? True, <laughs> uh, aesthetic-wise, the more muscle you have, yeah. uh, muscle acts as a glucose sink. So then when you eat, the blood glucose gets absorbed more quickly into the muscles and gets stored less quickly as fat. So that's also a reason why you want to really build muscles. Yeah, yeah. I um, that's one of the things that I quite often talk about to perimenopausal women is, uh, you know, as we're getting to our 40s and 50s, we are more likely to become insulin resistant. Um, yeah. You know, and like you say, if you have more muscle, the we're going to shunt the sugar into the muscle yeah. And when we shunt the sugar into the muscle, we balance our blood sugars much better and we are much less likely to get th- get insulin resistance and things like that. Yeah. Uh, which is great for us. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. literally a million reasons why we should all build strength and build muscle for sure. Oh, definitely. And <laughs> this is why I really like the strong kind of yoga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other types are great. I don't, I don't teach them myself, but there's lots of mindfulness-based stuff. Like, uh, and anyway, you know, if you are like you and me, we both love strength. I'm sure all your listeners love strength. But actually, 
to get a bit of balance in life, yeah, it's also quite nice to try and look at something like yoga nidra, where yeah. you're you're lying down, chilling, listening to a right. body scan. So it's yeah. saying, feel your toes, feel your feet, feel the ankles, feel the knees, um, and those things to balance things out. If you're usually like high energy, lifting loads of weights, it can be really good for you for your nervous system. Um, that's something we haven't talked about, um, maybe. Yeah. So the main benefit, apart from Tanga Yoga, which builds a lot of strength and bone density, of all yoga types, regardless of the, regardless of type, uh, yoga quiets and uh, kind of quiets down the nervous system. So you are more likely to spend longer in your rest and digest nervous state rather than your fight or flight. Um, and this is again so many studies showing this now um and that has benefits for almost everything you know your sleep your, your immune system functions better when you're in rest and digest mode which is the parasympathetic nervous yeah. system <laughs> just trying to remember yeah it is um, yeah. <laughs> so so and the whatever style of yoga you're doing it's the slow deep breath that makes your body slow down, even though you might be really using your muscles, you still kind of calm down that immune, that, that nervous system. And that's just so good because we live in a world where we're constantly bombarded with overwhelm and messages and loud noises and bright lights. And our primal selves are just constantly going, oh my God, there's danger everywhere. And we're constantly in that hyped up state. So yeah, yeah another yeah. big benefit and especially for I think perimenopausal postmenopausal um anxiety does tend to go a bit up I think when yeah. estrogen goes down a bit or maybe yeah. when progesterone goes down so that is even more difficult so calming down the nervous system with yoga is also so important yeah, definitely. Yeah, something I definitely talk about a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, okay, oh, great. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, if if that hasn't all persuaded um, everybody to go and do some yoga, <laughs> I don't know what will. Um, so, before we go, Yolanda, um, can you just tell us a bit more about how to find out a bit more about you? And I, I believe you've also got a couple of free sessions available for people to give a try of as well. Yep, absolutely. So uh, you can look at my website. It's bendylifeyoga.com. Uh, and a caveat is you don't have to be Bendy to start this. <laughs> I just thought Bendy Life was just yeah. a fun, catchy title. So bendylifeyoga.com. And yes, like you said, I have a free membership where you get uh, three of my favorite classes. There's a beginner class, a flexibility class and a strength class on there. So you can just get an idea of what I'm about. And what I can do is create a little discount code for mm. your listeners. Yep. Um, I'll put it, I'll, I'll give it to you so you could put it in yeah, the show yeah, notes. Yeah. I'll make it maybe like a 50% off for a couple of months type of thing. So my main membership has like... 80 plus on-demand classes, which are between 10 minutes and an hour. I do a weekly live on a Sunday morning as well. So yeah, that's that's there for if anyone's interested, but I will create like a, a nice little discount code. Wonderful. Awesome. Right. Well, I will share um, all the details in the show notes as well for if anyone who wants to go and find out more. 
So thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Yolanda. It has been a great conversation and I know it's definitely motivated me to get back into a bit more yoga this year. Uh, Oh, wonderful. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really enjoy talking on a podcast. So uh, so thank you. And yes, you know, thank you for sharing your space, sharing your listeners, because you've worked so hard to with this get this podcast going and I'm really in awe of all your effort so oh, so well done thank you well like I say I hope that you have loved that and it's given you a bit more inspiration ideas on how you can incorporate yoga into your life and how it can have a real role in self-acceptance and why practices like this are just as important as the other strength and hit workouts that we all love to do as well so do go and find out more about Yolanda at on Instagram and check out those free classes and I will love you and leave you and see you all again next week. Thank you so much for joining me today, beautiful people. If you have loved listening in and want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, then simply subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player right now. You can also come and join me on the socials at Alex Chick Fit and I'll see you again next time.